if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system. Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. This is our 2023 RBC Canadian Open and Volvo Car Scandinavian Mixed Top Tips Podcast. It's episode 262. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour Action Morning Gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting previews for both events this week. We've got uh, form statistics combined with current form stats plus our brand spanking new PGA predictor model. All of these features like this podcast are completely free of charge with no paywall. On Twitter, Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Right. Time for a review. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. This one, very, very short and sweet. Always on point. They are on it. Five stars. They give you the tools to make money. And that's from Billy2772. And he's in the United States of America. Thank you, Billy. Lovely stuff. Thanks, Billy. Yeah, I hope you do make a few uh, a few dollars yourself out of the uh, the content and the, uh, the, the podcasts. On Spotify, right at this minute, we are on 373 five-star presses of the button. Can we get that over 400, please, listeners? That would be absolutely fabulous. Literally, press the five-star button, your job is done. And I know that about half of you listen on Spotify, so please press that five-star button on Spotify. Let's talk about last week, chaps. Barry Snared. Victor Hovland's first United States victory at 20 to 1. Well done, Barry. Thank you very much. Very good. Worked out quite nicely. Yeah, it's nice to get these milestone victories, isn't it? Kind of I was there moment. I prefer the cash, but yeah, it was also good to get the win. (laughs) I I had him noted down just like on the phone for this for a couple of weeks in advance. He was playing so well, and he was just a ball striking monster was needed. Although not the monster that Scotty Scheffler was last week when you combine it with worse putting in the field. But mm. um, yeah, it's been coming for Victor, and it's, yeah, it's nice to catch it and not be burning money every week on it. You know, just to jump on a little bit closer to the time it happens. So it's good. This could this could unlock the man. Now that he's got that whatever monkey off his back or whatever one you say on U.S. soil, and yeah. he and he did it on a in a big tournament as well. 
yeah, designated event. It's uh, it's a nice one to get under your belt, isn't it? But um, yeah, he's been improving, hasn't he? He's been trending. Um, the short game in you know in, on occasion has been improving too, and uh, you put it all together, and you've got a, a very competent and uh, capable player on our hands. I think. You know, on the, was it the th- the fifth hole when he went sort of way left? I saw some stuff on Twitter saying that he meant that. It's just the way that Victor thinks. He can sometimes just go on his own whole completely st- different strategy and think, well, actually, if I go 80 yards to the left, I've got a far better shot into the pin. Any 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 truth in that? Or did he just yank it left? I don't know. Could be. Who knows? I expect the person that put it on Twitter doesn't know either. Now you think about it. You were on Hovland. I'm. I know. I know. I know. My my profit and loss for last week is a fourteen point loss. Even though I got all all of my players are in the top thirty in the field, none of them had the audacity to actually get me an each way play. But I did mention on the podcast Denny McCarthy, and I did say I thought he'd be an excellent bet, one hundred and twenty five to one. Mm. I'm actually making an announcement. Denny McCarthy is coming off of my post-it note of doom. He's going to is win he been, soon. Is he been, is he been replaced by uh, one of your picks from last week? Keegan Bradley. No way. This is happening. When Bradley's shooting six over on a Sunday and he's starting the day in the, in the each-way places and he bogeys the first and you just know, you just know, you might as well not bother looking again. Keegan Bradley on, <laughs> Denny McCarthy's coming off. I'll tell you why, also, Denny McCarthy, you listen to this. I, I For listeners, go to Data Golf, their top 50 in the world rankings, right? Well worth looking at. Denny McCarthy is now in 21st position in, in their rankings. So 35th in the world, 21st in their rankings. He's above... Directly above Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuama, Cam Young, Sam Burns, Tommy Fleetwood. That is a guy that's trending, Denny McCarthy. You're going to get very bad odds when he does get the win, but it's coming. I thought he was impressive. I mean, you give him a golf course that's firm, fast, tricky where his short game skills come to the party, and McCarthy's a real factor. Yeah. And because he's not a ball-striking genius, yeah, your data spitter-out um, <laughs> predictor models aren't anywhere near Denny McCarthy. But data golf seems to be around it. Mm. He's now just below Brooks Kepka, uh, who's in 20th spot in those rankings, but clearly only plays four times. Yeah, on those rankings, he's um, he's magnificent to watch putting. It, it just makes it look so easy, and ball just rolls with such threat of going into the hole. Mm. Who'd be so, your top three putters on the PGA Tour, Baron? He's got to be one. I agree. Yeah, um, throwing you under the well, bus. After, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> I, I would say Harry Hall, amazing putter, Harry Hall. Really? I haven't seen him that much. Really, really good. You look at his numbers, Harry Hall. I think Harry Hall would be a decent shout for this week, actually. 
to carry on that momentum from um, from the colonial. Yeah, he played well, didn't he? He did play well. Played very well. So I've got Harry Hall in the top three. Any others that come to mind? Don't say Colin Morikawa. And certainly don't say Scotty Scheffler. I still, that's I mean, okay. he's not on the tour, but clearly Cameron Smith's probably the, in the top three putters in the world. I mean, that's undoubted. Uh, I mean, I'd say Brooks and Majors. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, just, but like, it's kind of almost like moment specific when the putting activates for yeah. some of these guys and on, on a week to week basis. Yeah, might not. You know, when he's got that clutch eight and a half footer for par. Yeah. Not many are missing, are there? What happened to Ricky? You were, you were on Ricky Fowler watch last week. What happened? It seemed to dislike the last five holes of the course. Mm. Kind of took, if you figured out how to not drop shots in the last five holes of the course, just on the weekend, he was up there. So uh, you know, it um, feels like something's going to break soon for Ricky and the, the win could come. Mm. I've yeah. got I've got I've got a tournament marked on my calendar with a big with a big Ricky asterisk against it. You know, pretty garbage tournament that you could see him just winning yeah. at eighteen to one. Oh, okay. I thought you were to say the US Open. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a bit harsh. No, no, no. That is harsh. Uh, Europe last last week, Paul. Mm. Yeah, Tom McKibben. Now I was I was away for the bulk of it, so I only really caught a bit of Sunday. But from what I saw, he was he was super impressive. Um, only twenty years old and got his first win. Now I I, I guess you you could have made a case for him. I saw a few people had backed him last week at three figure prices. Uh, fourth for strokes gain off the tee, sixth for strokes gain tee to green. We talked about strokes gain tee to green as being the the key metric last week, and so it proved again. He got uh, he made thirteen strokes, gained thirteen strokes from tee to green during the course of the week. And uh, yeah, much much will be said about his final shot on the seventy um, second hole, which was incredibly brave, and um, you know showed real. Uh, fortitude to pull it off, um, but uh, to get himself into that position prior to that, um, was, yeah, that, that, they were the hard miles and really impressive. A star is born. Let's see see where he goes uh, goes from here. What kind of what kind of oomph has he got off the tee? Yeah, it's not bad. He's um, I, you know generally kind of top twenty ish in terms of driving distance on a given oh, wow. tournament in that, in that kind of bracket. So. And a young um, yeah. lad to boot, so yeah, he's yeah, only exactly. going to get longer. Well, yeah, he's, you know, he's got time to fill out and uh, and pack on a bit of muscle, and uh, yeah, I, fascinated to see where he goes. I mean, he hadn't um, hadn't recorded a top ten on the DP World Tour prior to that that I'd uh, that noted, so it was a stretch to to a degree. But we had seen him pop up um, on occasion on leaderboards for a while, so mm. uh, you know, anyone who'd taken a chance on him, yeah, brilliant stuff, three figure winner. Um, you know, one to watch for the future. I didn't see all of his final round on Sunday. We caught, caught a reasonable amount and then some highlights. It seemed like he did not back down from taking on any shot and no. was just firing at pins. It mm. was um, brilliant. And to you know, it takes one thing to have the the gumption to do that, but to, to pull it off as well in the heat of the battle is um, yeah, it's extra special. It was a great day for him. Yeah. 
be um, really interested to see what he can do next. Mm. Your synopsis Absolutely. on that course was bang on. Tough. Old, that's a tough old course, that is, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is, and I don't know. You know, some of it kind of verges on, um, you know, the wrong side of fairness. There's there's shots that get penalised. You know, you, I don't know. Um, it's, I'm not the biggest fan of it, I must say. But um, it, it, as you say, it produces a um, a strong winning score, you know, single figures, was it seven unders, eight, eight under, and then previous year was six under. That's the kind of number. Um, it takes a certain kind of player who can, you know, mm. put off the adversities, put off the doubles and the trebles that are out there um, and inevitably are made um, and just, uh, you know, get your head down and continue on regardless. But, uh, I, made, I yeah. made some each way money actually on Marcel CM last week. Yeah, he did, yeah. He, he fired through. I thought at one point you were going to gonna grab him as just the Just nick winner, it, yeah. Got himself in the He's another one, isn't he? You can look at his stats for months on end, total and utter garbage, but you get him at a certain court. He's actually, Paul, I looked at this, in the race to Dubai, Marshall CM is either 11th or 12th. Mm. Theoretically, Marshall CM could be playing on the PGA Tour next year. Yep. If he gets a few more results. Craziness. That's crazy. It's true. Yeah. No, he's, well, he has been playing some good stuff. You know, he, he pipped uh, Yannick Paul, who we were on um, two or three months ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, you know, had that shot for McKibben gone wrong on 18th, he could have found himself in a playoff and, uh, you know, it could have, could have notched another win. So it shows you how close he is. I know there's a lot of golf to be played, but those Race to Dubai rankings actually make some quite interesting mm. viewing. I mean, forget about McElroy, Rahm, Victor Perez... Moronk's in at four, Minwoo Lee at five. Don't forget, these guys get an automatic spot, don't they? I mean, Minwoo Lee's got his special temporary membership, and Moronk's going to get that anyway. Herbert's a member. You've got Lorazabauer at eight, Olsen at nine, Campillo at ten, Bjork 11, Marcel CM 12th. Just jumped seven spots. So my understanding is if you're in the top 10 and you're not exempt on the PGA Tour, you get a full PGA Tour card for next season. Yeah, it's going to weaken the uh, DP. Well, the, the, the conveyor belt of new players needs to be strong to, to keep the standards, You know, particularly once we've gone two or three years into this and uh, yeah. the, the top players have all been disappearing. Unless you start to get a kind of a bleeding back um, of some players who can't get a PGA Tour, ca- tour card who come and start uh, playing over on the... On the reverse, yeah. Yeah, on the DP, which is possible, I suppose. McKibben jumped to 23rd. Uh, US Open qualifiers overnight, guys. I just thought I'd list the notables that have got through. Mm. Ryan Girard. Uh, this chap, Norman, who's one hell of a player, um, he qualified yesterday, Vincent Norman. Ryan Armour. Charlie Hoffman. Now, Hoffman isn't oh, he isn't qualified as yet, but for, I think they run out of light. But he's in the hutch. And he's above the cut line. So, Charlie Hoffman's going to be playing. Carlos Ortiz from Liv got through. As did Sebastian Munoz. We've got Paul Bajon, Sam Stevens, Tyler Pendrith, Nick Hardy, Dylan Wu, Michael Tior Bjornsson, David Thompson, or Davis Thompson rather, Eric Cole, Echeverria, 
Luke List, Patrick Rogers, Stuart Sink, Kevin Streelman. They've all punched tickets to Los Angeles Country Club. We are recording, listeners, our US Open research podcast at the end of this week. So you'll be able to listen to it at your pleasure across the weekend. Uh, rather looking forward to it because this Los Angeles Country Club that they're going to is a remarkable piece of property. Mm. I'm recording um, a US Open special with Andy Lack on his Inside Golf podcast later today. And uh, I'm rather looking forward to it because we can just kind of salivate about what a fantastic golf course this is going to be. Right, I think we've dealt with last week. Let's move on to this week. There's loads of action. Do you want to? Should we go with yours first, Paul? Is that a problem? Are you, are you ready to no. go? Should we go? Should we go Scandinavian mixed? I know it's a it's a unique product on the DP World Tour. So let, let's go through that first this week. Yeah, yeah, they're never never shy, really, are they? Um, on the DP World Tour and the European Tour uh, previously to try these different formats. Um, and yeah, as you say, a mixed format, men and women, previously hosted by Henrik Stenson um, alongside Annika Sorenstam. And of course, with uh, Henrik's live involvement, um, it's it's just been passed over to Annika now to be the to be the host. But she has put together a decent field, 78 men, 78 women, so a full field of 156. Now, they're all competing alongside each other on the same course at the same time and for the same prize. So the only difference is that the women go off of the um, the, the shorter tees. So their, their course plays shorter than it does for the men. Other than that, um, they're playing exactly the same time um, alongside each other. And uh, as I say, for the, exactly the same prize as well, which is to be uh, thoroughly commended in my view. In terms of the court, in terms of the market, rather, Alex Noren, uh, he's moved to the favourite spot overnight. Generally now fourteen to one. There's a tiny bit of sixteen to one out there right now, um, eight o'clock on Tuesday morning, but that won't last. Fourteen to one, maybe even shorter by the time uh, the event starts on Thursday. Uh, last year's winner, Lynn Grant, she's sixteen to one. Alexander Bjork, eighteens. Robert McIntyre, twenty-two to one. Antoine Rosner, twenty-five to one. Madeleine Sagstrom, 28 to 1. Uh, Jorge Campillo, Joost Lauten, 30, 30 to 1. 33 to 1 bar those uh, uh, eight or so players that I've just run through. Boyle Sports, eight places each way this week on this event, as they have been uh, regularly on the DP World Tour. And of course, as ever, Bet365 have their each way extra proposition running for this. So you can select eight, 10, 12 places, depending how you like to cut your cloth when it comes to golf betting. Uh, the venue this week's Olna Golf and Country Club. This is the third renewal of this event, the Scandinavian Mixed, um, and it's the third different course. So if you are flicking through the stats data this week, and we've got two years worth of history, do bear in mind that they are both different courses for the previous events that have been held in or for this event. Uh, this year, uh, Olna Golf and Country Club I mean, yesterday, when I put my preview together, it was listed as a 7,001 yard par 72. It won't surprise you to find that I've logged in this morning and it's stayed in 6,819. So it seems to have lost 200 yards overnight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, that's I, kind I, of newsworthy. Well, they have an earthquake or something. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> we'll see. I, I, you know, I do like to try and keep the podcast clean, but the DP World Tour could be a 
lot better at this stuff, couldn't they? Surely. Anyway, mm-hmm. but it's short. It's a short course. It's going to be around about 7,000 yards or shorter. That's for the men. The women's um, tees will bring maybe up to 1,000 yards off of that. So they'll be playing, um, you know, something in the region of 6,000 yards, I guess. Um, again, they haven't actually quoted this. Um, just going on what and how the previous two renewals played and uh, the differential between the tees, that would be a fair guess. But for both, it's a relatively short course. Um, it's a, set, a Sven Tumba design with a Jack Nicholas makeover in 2013. It's been constructed around, around Lake Ulna. Um, that's to the north of Stockholm, about 20 minutes or so from uh, from Stockholm. It's an exposed, very water-laden track, uh, speedy bent grass greens. Water is undoubtedly the, the main threat here on this course. It is new to the tour, so we've got no course history um, to, to go back on. It did, pre the uh, Jack Nicholas makeover, it did host the HP Open on the uh, ladies european tour that was back in 2004 uh, that was won by this week's host annika sorenstam at 13 under so that gives you a, you know some kind of idea of the scoring um we'll see how it actually fares this week uh you know these these accurate demanding um, but short courses can be they 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 can be scorable um equally they can uh, they can be quite tricky um, if players are constantly racking up double bogeys, we shall see. In terms of the weather, it does look set fair, dry and sunny. Temperatures up to around about uh, 70 Fahrenheit, so 20, 21 Celsius by the weekend. 5 to 10 mile an hour winds, nothing much really in the forecast in that respect. Perhaps gusting a little bit more here and there, but um, nothing too extreme to report in that respect. Uh, we had have had two renewals, as I said. Jonathan Caldwell, he won at um, 150 to 1, the inaugural event back in 2021. Uh, Lynn Grant was available in spots at 28 to 1 last year um, when she won by a huge nine strokes. Now, both of those on different courses, as I've said. Uh, so essentially, we've got a blank canvas uh, to start with for this week. I guess the only thing you can really debate here is whether it's more likely to be a male or a female winner, and then that's kind of your, your starting point potentially. Um, you know, I've read a few other previews from this year and from previous ones, and uh, there tends to be a bias towards the males. There tends to be a, this kind of assumption that um, you know a seven thousand yard or a sub seven thousand yard past seventy two for the men is going to be absolutely ripped apart. Um, if you look back though, twenty twenty one. Uh, going into the final round, 54 holes, there were two men, two women sharing the lead going into the final day. Now, I, you know, admittedly, by the end, Jonathan Caldwell won. Um, Alice Hewson was the first uh, woman uh, on the leaderboard. She finished third. You had to go down to 10th before you you got um, another another woman on the uh, leaderboard at that point. So, yes, they, you know, it was male dominated in 2021 in the end, but... Going into the final day, it was um, it was all even, two and two at the top. Last year, Lynn Grant, she won by a massive nine shots. Um, the next uh, female was in 15th place. So again, you know, you could build a narrative either way with this. Um, but for, for her to go and absolutely demolish the field by a huge nine shots, and she was massively impressive last year. 
um, to, to take the core or to take the course apart, to take the field apart the way she did, um, and, uh, and and just walk away with the title was huge. And you know, I, I don't think you can write off um, any of the women here. Um, you know, just on the basis that uh, you know history would suggest that either can get into the mix. So yeah, I've seen I've seen previews that have been heavily male dominated in terms of the the, the tips yeah I, I don't don't see it that clear-cut personally we shall see um in terms of incoming form you'd have done well to pick out Jonathan Caldwell to be fair um his best effort of the season was 21st that was in Gran Canaria six weeks before it's shown the odd bit of form I suppose you know the odd spiky round leading up to it but there's a lot of dross in there as well so 150 to 1 that was a pretty fair reflection of his chances Lynn Grant she came in with much much better form last year in fact if you looked at the um, form chart just just the raw form chart that we published on the website she sat second in that over the whole field she'd won two of her last five starts um, she'd been runner up twice before that as well so was in some decent nick um, and in the end, yeah, she, she absolutely walked it, didn't she? As I just said, uh, I don't, uh, you know, if, if, if you try and dig too much more into it, I'm not sure how much you're going to get out of this, to be honest. Um, there's no other course stats or data to dig into. You're kind of going off specification with a short, um, accurate requirement in terms of the course because you don't want to be in the water all the time, of course. Um, it is a new course, it's short for both the men and the women. Um, for me, precision over power is the way you've got to attack this um because the long holes really should be reachable for all of the players um i've kept it relatively tight i've gone with um four picks this week i've gone with two men um and two women just to uh, uh kind of give it, give it a blend and I, you know i wouldn't be surprised if it is a relatively mixed leaderboard at the end which which of course would be what the uh, uh, the name of the title or the name of the name of the event would suggest should be the case anyway at the top um i'm happy to support last year's runaway winner lynn grant she's 16 to 1 at the moment um last year incoming form was excellent um she arrived um, having won the uh, well last year she'd arrived, arrived having won the previous start she won um, the jabra ladies open just a little over a little over a month ago, so she's um, she's coming in some decent form again this year. Uh, she's been playing some uh, LPGA tour starts to eighth at the BMW Ladies Championship back at the end of last year, fourteenth at the HSBC Champions in March, um, third at the Bank of Hope Match Play. That was the week before last on the LPGA. LPGA. So she's been stepping up to a certain level and performing reasonably well on those. Uh, uh, you know, on, on that stage as well. Um, she's relatively long. She's relatively straight. Um, for a course like this, that can help her keep out of the worst of the trouble. Um, sets up a lot of scoring opportunities on the longer holes um, for a player like uh, Grant. She's only 23. She's won 10 times so far as a professional. She's a real class act. And, um, you know, I, I, I can see why Alex Noren's been backed in. Um, I can see why you know he's going to likely go off as the favourite, but uh, I think Lynn Grant's got an equally strong shout this week. So happy to support her at sixteen to one. My other three picks were a bit longer. Jazz Janowatan and Nond, I've backed at seventy to one with eight places. Um, nice each way price, I think, on the uh, on the talented tie. Missed a cut last week in Germany. Pretty unforgiving track, as you described a few minutes ago, Steve. 21st before that in Holland. Um, that week, he was third for accuracy, 
second for greens in regulation. And you don't have to go back too far to see some really sparkling form. He finished sixth, sixth, fourth and ninth in four successive events in March through to April on the uh, on the Asian Tour and then on the DP World Tour over in Japan. He's got seven Asian Tour titles to his name. I think he's very capable of breaking through at this level too, um, sooner rather than later. He was 20th in this last year, 6th um, in Sweden previously at the Nordea Masters in 2018th. Got the accurate game to enjoy this, I think. 16th for accuracy for the season to date. Um, this uh, this course should be right up his alley, uh, Jazz, 70-1 to 1 with eight places. Um, and then longer still, I've backed Lily May Humphreys, um, 140 to 1 um, with eight places. I backed her yesterday. The bookies are really unsure. I mean, there's been some movement in her price overnight. Um, depending where you go, you can get, and with depending on how many pri- uh, places you want to choose, you can get between 70 to 1 um, and 200 to 1 now with shorter, shorter each way places. Um, madness, there's absolutely no consensus on her chances this week. So my uh, the way I backed 140 to 1, 8 places each way, um, yeah, I feel quite comfortable with that. And if accuracy is going to be important, then Humphreys really could go well this week. She tops the driving accuracy stats on the Ladies European Tour for the season so far uh, she's hit just short of 90% of fairways that's a massive amount for this season so far uh, she won a maiden title in March um, at uh, the ladies Joburg Open that was the same title that uh, Lynn Grant won last year as well on the same course so um, some good correlation there potentially and if you listen to her uh, comments that she made having won that, um, she achieved that title by clubbing down, playing strategically. And I think that's the kind of strategy that she's likely to need to adopt this week. Hit the fairways, set up lots of chances, take those chances when you can. Progressive form coming into this, 24th, 12th and 6th on her last start. That was in Sweden. She won in Sweden as an amateur as well. She won a, won the Annika Invitational back and when she was an amateur, um, she'll be looking to make it the Annika double this week by winning her hosted tournament this week, um, again on Swedish soil. Um, and the final one I've backed, James Morrison, uh, 175 to 1. There's a little bit of that left. I expect he's going to be closer to 125s by the time it starts. Um, again, three-figure price. I, I think that's more than fair. No win now since 2015. Um, that was the Spanish Open, but breaking these long victory droughts seems to be all the rage at the moment. And uh, you know, perhaps James Morrison can add his name to that list. Now, if you look through his stats, it's fairly easy to see why he hasn't won since. He averages 284 off the tee. That sits currently 158th out of the listed 163 players on the on the DP World Tour. So... He's essentially he's been left behind by a lot of these younger, more powerful players. And, you know, in the average week, that really just doesn't cut it. But on a course that's 7,000 yards or sub 7,000 yards, this has got to present a real opportunity for him, I think. And if you dig through his uh, stats and dig through his results, which I've done on my preview this week, you can see that uh, most of his best results in the last few years have all come on shorter tracks. Uh, fourth at the KLM Open back in 2019. That was at the uh, International. That was a um, a sub-7,000 yard uh, course. Fourth in this event in 2021. Uh, he's played well at Valderrama in the past. Seventh at the Sudal Open um, more recently and his penultimate start. 
Now that was played at Rinkman International, 6,940 yard course that was, and no surprise that he popped up there. So uh, yeah, for me, this course should sue. Um, he could well run into a place at a nice tasty three-figure price, James Morrison. So happy to have him on board too. But yeah, they're my four. Uh, Morrison, Lily May Humphreys, Jazz and Lynn Grant. Now, a tricky one for you boys to, to delve into, I admit, because it was tricky for me. Did anything caught your eye, Barry? Well, the first thing is, how on earth did you get all of the data for the women's recent form in the same, you know, <laughs> hope you got a little help or had some uh, web crawlers doing that for you? No, no. That was, uh, yeah, that was a task yesterday morning, Barry, which... Um, uh, yes, um, we we managed to do no predictor model on the DP World Tour this no. week because uh, yeah, it just did fall over at that point. But uh, but yeah, there is uh, there's there's a, a recent form which uh, does give us a little bit of a starting point at least. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for a couple of little sprinkles. I'm gonna stick with you and Ferguson. Mm. Didn't see didn't seem to like Sunday much last week. I was. Um, I had a Ferguson and Hovland double, did, did the, dipped into the transatlantic doubles. I also had uh, Bjork, the two of them played like donkeys on Sunday, or they just got ejected by the course. But anyway, um, so I'm going to stick with him this week. And then Mike Lorenzo Vera has been playing some nice golf recently. Mm. He's had three top 12s in his last five. And I think, you know, last week was 50 seconds, but I think a slightly shorter course will be more to his favor. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, one other just at that range um, of the 50s, just to kind of, I don't know, get, get a little bit of interest, but somebody who's playing pretty decent is Clara Spilkova. She's gone 17th, 2nd, and 4th in her last three. That's three of the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she was prominent on the uh, form stats, wasn't she? Mm. Which was kind of the, uh, as I say, that was kind of the the equation last year. If you'd have plucked out Lynn Grant, so yeah, diff- difficult to assess. I get that, but um, you know, players who are playing well and playing good progressive golf, um, you know, could, could well go well. So we'll see. We'll see. What about you, Steve? Any any names catch your eye? I'll have a fiver each way on Ferguson. He's trending, isn't he? Mm. Mm. What was wrong with Bjork's driving last week? I was looking at those stats. I think he was like, he lost like seven strokes off the tee, Alexander Bjork. What? It was something oh It was God. something eye-watering. The problem is, if you find the hazard on that course, um, mm. you know, a few times, yeah. it's just going to absolutely cripple your stats. Yeah. And... It, you know, there was so much scope for for finding the water. It was, you know, I, I don't know. It, he lost a lot of bad drives. He lost yeah, like two exactly. two strokes off the tee. Mm. Put that into context. You got someone like Jordan Smith that almost gained six off the tee. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose it's just it's wet balls, isn't it, off the tee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I from his position, I kind of expected Jordan Smith to go through, particularly having won on the course previously. I expected him to go through and really contend for that. So his Sunday performance would have been a bit of a letdown for his backers because yeah, he was in prime position, but and, and with the prime game for that course as well. 
That's golf. I've got to say, from a betting perspective, the week before the US Open is an absolute nightmare, really. You've got the Scandinavian mixed, which is like the... That's like the Rubik's Cube of, of golf betting, isn't it? And it you know, they even move the course every year just to really, really twist the knife. And then, of course, we've got the Canadian Open, which is being played on a brand new course that no one's ever seen in a professional golf tournament before. Good luck with that, chaps. Mm. Now, first thing I'm going to say here, at GFeinberg17, Jeff Feinberg on Twitter, follow him. He's a member of this club over in Canada. And the content he's sending across is fantastic. Not only is he a member, but he's actually got a media pass for the week. And he's there, you know, he's there having selfies with Tommy Fleetwood on Monday. Yeah, it's all right. He's just sitting there at the bottom of a tree on the driving range watching these world, you know, these top class pros playing his own golf course. I mean, that's pretty crazy. That's like you and me, Paul, going to Redbourne. And all of these top guys are just turning up to uh, to have a four day <laughs> tournament around there. That's mm. yeah, unbelievable stuff. Mm. Now he said to me weeks ago, Oakdale Golf and Country Club in Toronto. He said to me, "They're going to rip this course apart." It's a private members' club. It hasn't really had any professional restoration done to it to put up any level of resistance and if you just look at the raw numbers here it's a 7,264 yard par 72 that instantly screams you know the alarm bells you will be taking apart Um, on top of that um, there's not a lot of water on the course um, and some of these, th- th- when I've broken down the holes, we've got 12 holes. That tw- it's, a, it's a par 72, but actually there's three par threes and three par fives. It's a, it's a funny old mix. There's 27 holes on this property, and they've basically made a hybrid course. But there's, of the, tw- of the 12 par fours, um, Eight, eight of, them. of them are wedges. Yeah, eight of them are wedges. Yeah. And and I you know, I, I saw this on the scorecard last week. Jeff was saying to me the the eighteenth is a very it's a par five for members, but it, for this it's gonna be a long par four for the for the tournament. Oh no, they've kept it as a par five. It's sub five hundred yards. Mm. Now I can't recall on the PJ tour a par five sub five hundred yards. Well, I don't know if I can ever remember a par five sub five hundred yards on the PJ Tour. So they are going to be ripping that to shreds. So there's a there's a there's, there's another there's a yeah, I mean, wow. If, I mean, if you're hitting a what three thirty, you're coming in with with a, with a wedge there as well. Anyway, yeah. Um, the only thing I will say is this course there hasn't had been a lot of rain here, so the course superintendent can do what he wants really. Apparently there's thick rough, but I think it's when I say th- it's long rough rather than thick. I don't think that's going to put up much of a much of a a test either. Uh, the greens, though, for reference, bent grass and poana mix. So we're on bent poa this week. The greens themselves are six thousand square feet, so quite chunky. Some very interesting um, complexes here. 
some very there's a horseshoe complex there's quite a lot of elevation on the greens uh, multi-tiers but also on the course in general you see a lot of these holes that have got a elevated tee the fairway plunges downhill and then they've got an uphill shot to a green with a false front i'm not i'm not even suggesting in terms of difficulty that some of it actually visualized quite close to Oak Hill a few weeks ago. Mm. So theoretically, you could attack some of these. Uh, you know, if you're in the rough, you can get the ball somewhere in front of that green. If, if but I think if you're gonna if you're gonna be winning this tournament, it seems to me a plotter's golf course. I don't think you need to be taking um, driver off the tee on a lot of these holes. Which actually opens the door to quite a few people that are weaker off the tee, in my opinion. Now, of course, we've never seen this golf course before. There's absolutely no strokes game data to go to go through on that. But yeah, just looking at that that set of of, of the twelve par fours and the eight wedges into the shorter ones. Definitely, 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 the front side is going to play a lot tougher than the back side. There are three, there are four consecutive par fours, three through six on the front. All par fours, 489, 470, 463, 470, uh, 473. And then on the back side, it's all short par fours. So that's where the scoring is. If you've got someone starting on 10, you want you want them to be absolutely ripping that backside apart before they get to a front nine that's far sterner. If you're looking at any kind of DraftKings cash game order, so yeah, Rory McIlroy, of course, is going for a three-peat of Canadian Open titles this week. He is gen generally nine to two. He's drifted out to five to one with Bet three six five this morning. Now, I've gone back, because I know we were talking off mic before we started, and you guys were saying, I think this is ripe for a 100 to 1 or plus winner, and I can kind of see that logic. But I've just gone back, as part of my research, and gone back to the last six winners of the tournament the week before the US Open. I've got Daniel Berger at 33 to 1. He was in the world's top 50. He hadn't won a PGA Tour event at that point. He then came back in 2017 and won that again. He was 43rd in the world. 2018, we're still at St. Jude. That's the St. Jude Classic. Dustin Johnson rocked up, number two in the world, won 7-1 to favourite. We then moved to Canada in 2019. Rory McIlroy won that, 10-1. to He wasn't the favourite. He was number four in the world. 2020 was COVID, forget about that. 2021, we go back to the present schedule. We had the Palmetto Championship. That was won by Gary Higo, who wasn't even a PGA Tour member, but came in with absolutely red-hot TP World Tour ball. He won that at 50-1. to 1. He was in the world's top 54. And then last year, Rory McIlroy again in Canada, World number eight, one at 10 to one. Again, he wasn't the favourite, Scotty Scheffler was. So we've had a 33 to one, a 28 to one, a 50 to one, and then a seven to one, 10 to one, and 10 to one winner. And all of them have ranked in the top 54 in the world. So I've been very, very, very precise this week 
on who I've actually tipped up. They're all in the world's top 50 and they're all sub 50 to 1. Looking at that, looking at that betting board, they were never going to give you a, a decent eight to one, nine to one on Rory McIlroy for obvious reasons. No. He is he is the class of the field. I just I don't know with Rory. If you his wedge game on Sunday was terrible, <laughs> yeah. And I still think if you if you if Rory's going to be you know questioned for the next two and a half days when he turns up the course because he hasn't got there already. Um, so he's not turning up till Tuesday. He'll be straight into a news conference. So it sounds to me as if he's not going. He's going to play like one nine and then the back nine, the front. So he's going to play eighteen holes before he starts. And it's all going to be Rory. You know, it's very rare to do a three peat like Steve Stricker, John Deere Classic, blah 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 blah. That to me is the kind of mental space where Rory kind of and doesn't do a lot for the first sort of twenty seven holes, and then starts playing when he realises he can't win. Mm. I'm, I'm only I'm only presuming here yeah, he could win by six he probably will now I've said that I then moved to Tyrrell Hatton on the betting board and for all Tyrrell Hatton's fantastic tee to green stats and yes he ranks very very highly in my strokes to tee to uh, green numbers in fact over the last eight weeks he's the best in this field for strokes gained current form you've got to say with Tyrrell Hatton that only ever won once on the PGA Tour and he hasn't won for a long time Mm. Not packed full Better of win ask. He's not packed full of win equity there, is he? He's just packed full of yeah. strokes, tee to green, fantastic form at the moment. I think I, I've been backing him a bit recently. I think a win is coming because, purely because of the weight of the stats and, and the way he's playing. Um, but feels like this week, where it's going to be a very low scoring week, doesn't isn't quite in his wheelhouse. Potentially. When he does win on the DP World Tour, it tends to be at very short prices as you would expect. And there's, there's, you know, you've only got to look at the four. I mean, it's it's, it's the Dunhill links, but you know, twenty two, twenty three under par is not a problem. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I, 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 I'm not backing Hatton. I've gone for two below him. I've gone for two at fourteen to one. I just think this course sings Matt Fitzpatrick who I think was T2 for weekend scoring at the Memorial last week on the choir. No, I got that wrong. He was T7 for weekend scoring, but if you take the last 54 holes, 54 holes, so Friday through Sunday, he was T2. Two behind Scotty Scheffler. He tied with Hovland, McCarthy, Schenk. I think Fitzpatrick will be trying to get that game. The approach play was nice last week. It was actually the putter that was a bit bit off for Matt, and that's not like him. Tidy that putter up, sink a few putts, I could see Fitzpatrick being right in there. And the other one that just screamed to me, there was a little bit of 16s. I managed to get him 14 to 1, eight places with uh, William Hill, with Sam Burns. I keep saying to the cows come home, Sam Burns is a real course specialist. He likes short to medium length where his exceptional wedge play comes in. Because if you look at his wedge vicinity numbers from 50 to 125, 125, 150, very good wedge player. I think this course is absolutely perfect for him. The only thing I like about Burns is, as we know on the podcast, follow him on Bermuda, anything in the southeast, yes. Florida, Carolina, anything like that. 
But I still think he's got enough nows to be a, be okay on these Ben Poa greens because I've been on him before over at Silverado in California. He was 54-hole leader. He was fourth at the RBC Canadian Open that they held last year at St. George's. And he's got five wins in his last 53, I believe. Yeah. The only player in the field better than that, won't surprise you, of course, is Rory McIlroy. For the record, Rory has won five times in his last 36 PGA Tour starts. If you widen that out to worldwide starts, including DP World Tour, it's six in 46. Burns has won five in his last 53 on the PGA Tour. So just from a win equity perspective, I'm taking Fitzpatrick and Burns over Tyrrell Hatton. Um, don't fancy Cam Young at all short game's terrible Jeff Feinberg taught me years ago never ever ever back a Canadian in the Canadian Open so Corey Collins is out hmm. the only other player that I've got a bit of beef with and who's likely to, um, to to screw me is Justin Rose who again is playing some very nice golf at the moment but yeah I, I've just gone for those 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 14 to 1 shouts um, I think Tommy will probably be popular as well. Shane, Shane's there or thereabouts, isn't he? He's got a great record in Canada, but he started so well for me last week. And, you know, he's going... I, I know it's the golf course at, at Muirfield Village, but started like a train on fire, and then it's it's bogey, bogey, bogey city. It, it's coming for Shane. He's starting to peak for the end of the season when he needs to be right for the, for the Ryder Cup or whatever, but... I'm not sure Shane Lowry's going to win a 24-under kind of target golf tournament. Here, here's an interesting one. I was I was just trying to look up some stats on the PGA Tour that I thought might be useful this week. So I was looking for, you know, um, strokes gained approach inside 125 yards and then just proximity to the hole as a general overall. And mm-hmm. seeing Shane Lowry for, for, I think, could we call this like kind of a disappointing season so far, or there just seems to be frustrations in the season? He's fifteenth on tour for proximity, yeah. which, which probably you know kind of t- you know maybe tells a story that a lot of what he's doing is really good, but when it's not right, it turns into a bit of a catastrophe and just like, slaps him back down the leaderboard. He seems so, to, and this is very un-Shane Lowry-like, he seems to have lost a lot of that beautiful uh, around-the-green game that he's always had throughout his career. When he misses a green, it's it can become quite um, quite nasty with, with Lowry this yeah. year. But we all know the problem a- with Shane this year. We, I mentioned it last week when I was read, going through his tip. It, he, was, he was ranked 180 in putting. Now, the, the good thing so about like, the putter is there was actually movement last week. He ranked 35th for strokes game putting. He, he actually gained over a stroke with a putter. Now, believe me, that's only the second time he's done that this ca- uh, this this 2023 uh, mm. calendar year. So the putter like, is was, starting to warm. Seventh for approach. Sorry, keep, keep, keep cutting over you. I was trying, just about to say, like, do you think... If the short game is struggling a little bit, that could be a function of the putting being a, a troublesome issue for him mm. and putting that extra bit of, like, he he knows he needs to get it tight with the short That's game right. to just remove the pressure from the putting. And that kind of just adds that, like, 1% tension in there that, you know, just stops it being the usual amazing flow that it is. 
Mm. That's great. To, it's great that he had a good week of putting, you know, and just start building those confidence blocks again. If we're looking at the only thing that put me off him, if we're looking at, if we're looking at, tw- I mean, I'm not saying the guy doesn't play, so I'm sure he probably does, but I'm talking winners. If, mm. if we're looking at 23 under, I mean, it's all guesswork. I'm not sure Shane Lowry gets to 23, 24 under, ultimately. Might be wrong. Well, he's got to make some parts. A player that's the rage on Twitter is, and you knew he was going to be when you saw him on Twitter over the weekend being um, taken to the PGA Tour headquarters in Florida and, and meeting all the top brass there, this Ludic, Ludwig Aberg. Mm-hmm. He is as short as 50 to 1 this week on his pro debut, which I think is ridiculous. The one I actually fancy deeper down, who I haven't put on my tips, would be that Michael Tior Bjornsson. Who, mun, who actually qualified yesterday at the top of the leaderboard on his particular qualification course? Yeah, he's out there at hundred to one, um, eight places each way this week. Ninety to one with Coral if you want the ten places. That Bittiel Bjornsson, he's a very good player, and he's actually still um, an amateur, but clearly he's about to turn pro. I'd take the extra points on Tior Bjornsson personally. Um, this Aberg, I mean, this Aberg guy is going to be one hell of a player as well. There is some fantastic young talent coming in. Sam Bennett's now turned pro. We've got some superb talent actually heading onto the PGA Tour. Plus the guys that we're going to send over there, like Nikolai Hoygaard and whatever. Very exciting mm-hmm. times. The other one I've gone for at the top of the leaderboard or top of the betting board, which is who isn't Tommy Fleetwood, who isn't Shane Lowry, is Sahith Degala. Now, Sahith Tagala, to me, kind of takes that Daniel Berger at Southwind spot. If we're looking at someone that's a tour maiden that takes this on the quiet, in a relatively easy PGA Tour event, and gets his first win on a golf course where you haven't got a hit driver as hard as you want to or need to on a lot of these courses, which is his weakness... I think on a golf course where it's less than driver off the tee on a lot of the holes, Tagala from the fairway and in can be an absolute lights-out player. So he was my third. I won one and a half points with Bet365 on that one. So he, Tagala, eight places each way. I don't know about Fleetwood. Whenever I look at where Fleetwood wins... And you look at the golf courses that he wins at; they tend to be quite open affairs. I haven't seen him win on a tight tree-lined affair yet, mm. and every year he comes to Wentworth, never really does a lot. Yeah, don't know. Yeah. And do you see Tommy Fleetwood getting to twenty-three, twenty-four under? I don't. <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? Is he can struggle at times from off the tee. He has been better recently. There was a period where he was right off his long game. Um, mm. Yeah, when when Tommy really contends, it. Yeah, I, I kind of I see where you're coming from. It's kind of more of a, a a challenging test, one that you know he can kind of grind his way to a position rather than go out and you know, shoot. For me, Tommy Fleetwood. I agree. For me, so he, Tommy Fleetwood is more Honda Classic. Than mm. RBC twenty four yeah. under par Canadian Open, yeah. 
just back to Tigala, by the way. Tigala on, on Poa is really interesting. Of course, Californian background with Tigala. Went to Pepperdine. Pepperdine, I don't know. Pepperdine. If you look at this year, <clears throat> whenever he's played in California on Poa and the Greens, he's had a top six finish. And last year, he was the guy that went head-to-head -head with Xander at TPC River Highlands, which again, Ben, Poa mixed greens, and finished second at the Travellers on another really short golf course. I think this is going to really suit Tigala. I noted from Jeff that he was there yesterday practising at the golf course, which again, I think is an advantage because a lot of these guys, they won't be there even when we're recording this podcast. They'll be travelling today. They barely have seen it. I'm not saying it's the most difficult golf course to get used to, but if you've got some of the world's top 50 there from Monday practising and playing the course, they've got to have a distinct advantage. So those are my three shorter odds. Fitzpatrick and Burns at 14 to 1. I've got Tigala at 28 to 1. My last tip is 45 to 1. So over to you guys. Who, who are you backing this week in Canada? Um. I've, only, I've backed three, but they are all three-figure prices. Um, nice. Hubbard. Love it, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I've backed Mark Hubbard, 100 to 1, uh, with eight places. Now, Hubbard, he won on the Canadian Tour back in 2013. Uh, he's got four more top tens. One on the uh, web.com, um, or the Corn Ferry, or whatever it was at the time, <laughs> at uh, 26 under a few years back. So he can get to that kind of winning score as well. Uh, strokes going approach, strokes going tee to green, working well at the moment. Uh, not the, the longest off the tee by any stretch, but uh, you know the, the dimensions of this course should help in that respect. More recently, ninth to Colonial, fourth into Sunday um, at Memorial as well. So playing some nice stuff, Hubbard for a three-figure shot. Uh, Carson Young off backed. Now Young uh, on those uh, previous US Open qualifiers, he shot 62-63 to win the Dallas qualifier by five strokes. Um, it kind of caught my attention that 150 to one. Um, in fact, 160 to one. I got with eight places with uh, 365 on on Carson Young. Again, not the longest, so this should suit. But um, you know, a fairly accurate sort. Recent form, 14th at the Byron Nelson, 21st at the uh, Charles Schwab. Actually, that was his best recorded putting or strokes game putting performance um, that I have seen on record for him um, at Colonial. So, uh, you know, perhaps the, the flat sticks warming up for Young as well, just ahead of this, uh, uh, you know, what should be a, a pretty pretty strong birdie fest. In fact, yeah, if he's shot 62-63 in two consecutive rounds recently, then that would suggest that his scoring is going quite nicely anyway. Uh, the other one I've backed is Ches Reevee, 175-1. to one, And that was with William Hill, again, eight places. Now, the number that really caught me, Steve, was your Bent Power um, statistic that you use for the uh, predictor. Yeah. Um, and Ches tops that um, in yeah. this entire field. So, he loves it. He does, doesn't he? Um, and that caught the eye. Um, he's won in Canada before. He's won the Canadian Open before. Uh, good and a bit of breeze. Good and shorter courses. Uh, you picked out a couple of weeks ago that he was prominent for a while at the uh, USPGA. 12th to halfway at Colonial. 6th um, at the Texas Open before the Masters. 11th for the Heritage. Lots to like about Chez. Whether he can get deep enough to actually win it, um, yeah, I, I would have some reservations. Oh. But Yeah, he's a streaky scorer, though, when he's on form. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, can get. Yeah. I remember. Hasn't he got a top four Kapalua? Something like twenty three hundred. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, and I think you know when everything aligns, he can. You know, mm. it, it's, it's about the putter, isn't it? it? When when he can get some kind really of well. uh, yeah, he can get some He's kind third, of out of it. Third across the last eight weeks for strokes gained putting in this field. Mm. So it's not the putter that's the, that's the problem. Just to back you up on all of these, Carson Young is sixth strokes gained current form, and you've got him at what price? Uh, one sixty with eight places. Yeah, Mark Hubbard is fourteenth, mm. and Ches Reevy is tied twenty fourth. Yeah. So they're all in yeah. good nick, and you're getting really generous treble pro, treble uh, digit prices. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, one of them or one or more of them can sneak into a top eight, and that would be a nice uh, profit. Can't see one on. Yeah, we'll see. All very logical, Paul. I like that. What about you, Baz? <laughs> I. I'm lost uh, a lot this week. I, I don't know. I don't want to go near the top of the market because there's so few there. So it just feels like I should jump towards the hundred to one plus. The the sheer volume of players there uh, feels like it's as good a week as any to try grab a triple digit. Uh, the first one I have the one and only so far is CT Pan. It's three yeah, weeks he, ago, finished. Yeah, he cropped fourth. up a few weeks ago, didn't he? Yeah. Fourth that um that Byron Nelson shit Byron yeah. Nelson finished with a sixty-two. Um doesn't have enough rounds in the book this year to be properly showing on the stats pages, but if um going back to that proximity stat that I was looking at earlier, if he was there on the full uh, leaderboard of uh strokes game proximity, or sorry, closest proximity, he'd be in the top twenty on tour. So that kind of backed it up and taking them at 125 to 1. Mm. Tasty. I can remember him getting a top six or something at Torrey Pines of all places many years ago. I think he's got a good history there at the junior tournament, so clearly he's quite au fait with power as well. So, yeah, I get that. Um, there was one. There was one Canadian I think might do quite well, Paul, and he's actually a DP World Tour member. Yep, I think he'd be a good deep uh, a DraftKings play. Aaron Cockrell. Yeah, yeah, he's been playing some good stuff. Hundred and seventy-five to one, but I think from a from a from a DraftKings perspective, it'll get zero ownership because no one's ever heard of him. Mm. But he's playing some great, consistent golf on the DP World Tour. So I think that's that's one to take hold of. I'll tell you another player that's playing really well at the moment and no one seems to have picked it up is Aaron Badley. I think there's worse bets than 160 to 1 with Unibet on Aaron Badley who's actually sitting in my strokes gained data in the top eight over the last eight weeks. So Badley's one and he doesn't mind winning on Ben Poe. He's a Riviera champion. Uh, my last tip is 45 to 1. He's a DP World Tour member. Um, he's just playing some exceptional golf. I think he could go very well this week. A little bit under the radar. That's Adrian Moronk. So, yeah, Moronk, Tigala, Fitzpatrick and Burns for me, and the guys are peppering the plus 100 to 1 mark. So... You, 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 podcast followers have got a myriad of different avenues to attack there. <laughs> Who knows? I'm quite looking forward to the tournament, but I'm nowhere near as much as I'm looking forward to the US Open. Yeah, 
yeah, a few a few too many unknowns to really get stuck in heavily this week. But uh, yeah, a little bit of interest and see where it takes us. Absolutely. Right, we're recording our um, US Open research podcast on Friday. We look forward to that. So listen out for that. And we will be, we'll be back as ever next Tuesday for our US Open Tips podcast. We will be Barry less, but Barry is going to be taking you through his selections in the research preview this Friday. Can't say fairer than that. Good luck with your tips this week, chaps. Best of luck, chaps. You too, boys. Let's get a Best winner. Of- That'd be nice. Best of luck uh, to the listeners. Best of luck with your uh, betting and also your DraftKings lineups. We'll be back later this week with our US Open Research Podcast. See you soon. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system. The golf betting system is the golf betting system.